Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. There are moments in everyone's life when it feels as if the very ground underneath your feet is breaking apart where it is unstable and where loss or suffering or tragedy or perhaps the cultural climate is changing so fast that it is impossible to imagine a future except everything falling to pieces. Well, David encounters this over and over through his time and declares it in many of the Psalms. In this Psalm, Psalm 11, he either recounts a conversation that he had or he decides to discuss this in the format of a conversation where he is facing such dire difficulty that he is encouraged to do the wrong thing. David must respond to this urgency to flee in the face of difficulty. Psalm 11, to the choir master of David. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted the arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. This psalm is first calling David to something wrong. What is it that he's called to do? Just run away. Flee like a bird to your mountain. Why is he being told this? Well, because the wicked are there waiting for him. Whatever danger David was facing, he had to face this over and over and over again throughout his entire kingship and really throughout his entire life. As a shepherd, he faced tremendous dangers and challenges. And then as a king, he continued to have to endure in the face of persecution when indeed it must have felt like the entire world was falling apart beneath his feet. Well, what are they to do? How is David to preserve the kingdom and even his own life in the face of these wicked who are bending the bow. In other words, they're ready. They've already fitted their arrow to the string. They are aiming to destroy David, to bring him down to the very depths of depression and destruction. Well, what can the righteous do? This is the question posed to David. It made me think of Lord of the Rings when King Theoden asks Aragorn, what can man do against such reckless hate? They're being advanced upon by the enemy, and it seems as if there is no way out, no ray of sunshine, no hope on the other side, only to face destruction, death, and doom. So how does David respond? Notice first, he answers that God is in control. The Lord is in his holy temple. God has not abdicated the throne, even in the face of our most difficult problems in life. Even when we experience loss, suffering, even abuses, and people who seek our destruction, God has not forgotten. He has not abandoned his throne. He has not run away. He is not hiding. 
Instead, he is there present in the midst of all of it that we may rely on him for our strength and for our vindication. God will test the righteous. We know this over and over again throughout the Psalms. David has called us to know God is going to test. God is going to judge the righteous and the wicked. But for the righteous, he does it always with the intent to restore. God wants us to experience God's restoring merciful grace in the face of all that we experience. The wicked are continuing down the path of destruction, and if there is no repentance, then they will face the coals that are rained upon the wicked, the fire and the sulfur and scorching wind. All of this is God's judgment against those who refuse to repent, to turn away from evil, to turn away from wickedness. That is the invitation over and over again. It doesn't have to be this way. And so when that invitation is accepted, when repentance is found and sin is turned from, restoration is always waiting on the other side. God is not going to withhold it from those who are true in their repentance and pursuing God's best and his delight in all things. So instead of us just running away from our problems, that can sometimes be an appealing option where there are difficulties and struggles and where we feel the press of a world that is continuing to rejoice in things that are evil and shun things that are truly good, we can just run for the hills. But to do so would really to be unfaithful to what God's called us to do as believers. The righteous, what can they do? They can stand firm, just as David did before the towering giant just as David did before the armies who were determined to tear him down. We can stand because we know that we have a God. We have a king who rules and reigns with purpose and might and justice. Well, one of our questions might be in the face of this, doesn't God love the wicked? For those who are evil and pursuing wickedness, don't we know that God loves sinners? Well, yes. But I think Stephen Charnock gives us a really helpful perspective. He says, he looks upon him, God looks upon him, the righteous one, with a smiling eye, and therefore he cannot favorably look upon the unrighteous person, so that this necessity is not founded only in the command of God that we should be renewed, but in this very nature of the creature, because God, in regard to his holiness, cannot converse with an impure creature. God must change his nature, or the sinner's nature must be changed. Wolves and sheep, darkness and light can never agree. God cannot love a sinner as a sinner. Darkness and light can never agree. He hates impunity by a necessity of nature as well as a choice of will. It is as impossible for him to love it as to cease to be holy. God cannot continue to allow darkness and light to dwell together in harmony. They don't. When you shine a light in a dark place, it is no longer dark. God continues to separate darkness from light, righteousness from wickedness, and he loves righteous deeds. Verse 7 affirms this, and the righteous, the upright, shall behold his face. That's the ultimate good news that David can rest in. No matter how dark or difficult the path is in front of him, just as David does, we can also trust that we will see the face of God. That's what we do when we pursue his path, his way. We are headed toward that celestial city. 
to see the king therein. When all seems lost, hope endures. Charles Spurgeon says this way, the righteous one cannot be a ruined man. We must not say, I have lost everything. We cannot lose everything. Christ is our all, and Christ cannot be lost. That is my prayer, that we would pursue Christ and joy in him, that when even the entire world may feel like it is falling apart, we remember that the king is on the throne. He continues to rule, and he will be faithful to those who continue to pursue him, to delight in Christ. And we can remember that even if we have lost much, it's impossible to lose everything. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. I thank you that in the Lord, I can take refuge. Whenever I feel like I need to run away or things are getting difficult in life, Lord, may you remind me that the place I should run is to you, to remember that you reign on your holy hill, that you are God above all else, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for the testing that you bring, even when it is painful even when it is difficult, it is for my good. Father, you are faithful in all things, that you are continually testing us that we may love you more, that we may depend on you more. And Lord, I thank you that you are righteous. May I continue to pursue righteous deeds, not in my own strength because that's impossible, but to trust in the righteous deeds of Christ, that you may receive all honor and glory and that in the midst of all things, I may behold your face until one day I get to see you at the end of all things for your glory in your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.